Welcome back. You are listening to Nate the Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to like the video and subscribe if you haven't already, and ring the notification bell in the upper right-hand corner so you are notified each time we have a brand new episode go live on YouTube. And if you would like to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link in the description below. Donate any dollar amount, ask a question, we will answer it at the end of the episode. Donate $100 or more, and we will dedicate the episode to you. And today, I'd like to welcome back my co-host, Modern Vintage Gamer, who has been away on a much-deserved vacation in the land from down under. Hello, Nate. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me on. And I want to give a special shout-out to both Jeffrey Grubb and the one and only John Lenneman for uh, filling in for me over the last couple of weeks. Both of them did an amazing job. I I listened to the episodes on the way back uh, from my vacation so yeah, uh, it's great to be back and had a, had a good holiday and refreshed and ready to go. And you came back just in time as we have two heavy topics that dropped this week. I was actually on the plane coming back to uh, my home city when my phone blew up about <laughs> the first topic we're going to cover. And I think most people know what we're talking about already. You think so? I think so. <laughs> I don't know. You might be able to flip a coin on that one. <laughs> so we will start today's episode with the leak of the century. Oof. Some are calling it the biggest leak of the industry, which I would disagree with. There have been more significant leaks in comparison, but this is probably top 10. Mm-hmm. Is Rockstar's Grand Theft Auto 6 leaked on the internet this week after a individual hacked and gained access to the company's Slack server, downloaded video files and other sensitive materials, and shared it online without hesitation. And as I put on Twitter when this leak occurred, I will not be going into detail about the leak itself. I will not give a play-by-play of the details that the leak Revealed I haven't even because seen it, honestly, I haven't seen any of the videos. I will say that I've seen a couple of things on Twitter scrolling through my Twitter timeline because you know you can't really avoid that stuff. But I I haven't mm-hmm. actively gone out to look at the video footage um, because you know I mean it's and we'll get into this, but it's it's an early look at the game. You know, there, there's really nothing here that like I'm I'm interested in looking at. You know, and that's the thing. I mean. We both understand that when you have footage in this form leak, we're not getting a look at the game in truth. We're getting a very, we're getting a rough draft. We are seeing the framing of a house. Yes. And one of the reasons I didn't want to look at it or discuss it is because this isn't a leak like saying, Hey, this company is working on a new entry to this installment. This was, this is a, criminal act Mm -hmm. this was intentional this went out of its way to potentially cause harm to the development team and their efforts and that's something that we will discuss but overall yeah i have no interest in giving the leak itself a platform And a lot of other outlets have done that. So if you're looking for a play-by-play of every detail that the leak revealed, by all means, go and search it out. You're not getting it here. And 
I think a good place to start this conversation is the impacts that this leak is going to have on not only Rockstar, but the development community as a whole. Because as we know, since 2020, the industry has moved to a work from home platform Mm -hmm. where developers are working remotely and they're using platforms like Slack, Discord, or what have you to communicate with each other, share progress reports, files, including video files to make references to. And now that this has been compromised at a large developer at Rockstar, do you think this is going to have a trickle effect to other smaller companies who are utilizing work from a home in a substantial way? I do, actually, Nate. I think it will. Um, you know, the next – the day. so this all went down on a Sunday. I believe it was the 18th of September when the leak was revealed to be a thing. I think Monday morning, I think every game development studio out there probably had some – some meeting, you know, to say, look, this has happened to one of the largest studios in the world that is sitting on one of the largest IPs ever made in the history of video games. So we need to make sure that our security is rock solid. And, you know, if there's an IT security uh, person that works at that company, they were probably going over the security best practices, you know, change your passwords, do this, do that make sure two-factor authentication is turned on. Make sure that um, you're not posting screenshots on Discord or Slack or Microsoft Teams, stuff like that. So, yeah, I I think it definitely, you know, was eye-opening enough for anyone that's in the industry to say, we can't afford to have this happen to us because it happened to one of the biggest companies in video games, it could happen to anyone. And um, you're right. I mean, I think since COVID uh, was a thing, and even before, honestly, Nate, like even some studios, they work remote. Like where I work at Night Dive Studios, it's a 100% virtual company. We use collaboration tools to do our business day to day. And that does involve um, sharing things around that, you know, a preview versions of things that we're currently working on. It's just part of, you know, day-to-day development. And for many studios, it's very much the same type of thing. But yeah, I I think if anything comes out of this, um, it's going to be a root and branch investigation of their security and changes will be made. Um, Probably not anything that the public will ever know about, but I, I can guarantee you that internally, there's probably going to be a lot more stringent, um, security in place things like posting videos and screenshots in a slack channel may not be permitted anymore it may be something where they decide that you can't do that anymore if you're going to share uh, media with your team then it has to be done in a secure environment where it's like either scrubbed after 10 minutes of of seeing it or or what have you i don't know what the answer is mm-hmm. but yeah at the at the end of the day it's 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 something that um will and 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 probably already has had an impact on not only rockstar obviously but you know for other studios out there yeah and when this leak occurred i mean rockstar has come out and they put out an official statement saying that this will not lead to any development issues they are not going to delay the game to at all everything is going to remain on track despite this leak occurring and 
it's also gone as far to find out that the FBI and Department of Justice are investigating this specific mm-hmm. hacking group responsible for this act. So we're definitely going to have a lot going on behind the scenes in terms of investigations to find the individual responsible for this. But the fact that Rockstar came out, they did confirm the leak is legitimate. They confirmed the attack. But to come out with such a strong statement of, this isn't going to stop us. Mm. Everything is going according to plan, regardless of this leak and this hack. And development is going to continue as it was. That's a pretty bold statement to make in light of what has happened, at least in my view. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's it's a powerful statement, like you said. And honestly, like I made a video talking about the leak before Rockstar made a statement. And a lot of people were questioning, you know, what happens now? Does Does GTA 6 get delayed? Because, you know, supposedly we've seen um, a lot of the core gameplay and, and what have you. Or does it get completely cancelled and, and, and you know, um, they just move on to whatever's next? I never really put stock into either of those things. I always felt like continuation of development would be a thing and they confirmed mm-hmm. that. And I, I think about if, if I was in a situation where something that I was involved in, a project I was working on, was leaked uh, in this fashion where, let's say, an early build from a couple of years ago went out, um, I mean, I would be devastated seeing my, my work out there, right? It would definitely affect me, and I think it, it would affect many developers. But I think the company side, you know, the publishing side or the development, you know, the I guess the overarching development wouldn't, wouldn't stop. You know, we still want to get this game out. We still want to make cool stuff. So, yeah, I think they made the right choice. Uh, I don't think it was ever really a choice that they were going to stop or they were going to pause um, I think you can independently, uh, you know, go after the the criminal behavior that's occurred and continue on mm-hmm. with what you're doing. I do think, though, that, um, like I said, there will be some changes internally from a security standpoint. Um, I do feel who, for whoever is their chief security officer there because they're probably on the hook for some stuff. But, you know, um, these things do happen. Yeah, I was very surprised to see individuals think that the game may be delayed due to this because yeah. I wouldn't see any reason for a delay to really occur in this situation. Development would continue, as you said, it's going to continue to progress. And we also don't know how old were the files that right. were leaked. Where I mean, these could be from months ago, which would then not be indicative of what the game's current status is. And yes, like the court of public opinion on the game will change. They're going to view it. And we've seen this on Twitter just this week where individuals made the bogus claims that graphics (laughs) are the first thing completed during game development. And if you want to look for a silver lining, out of this entire situation, I would say that it has enlightened individuals as to how development of video games actually works. Because after this Twitter user so confidently claimed that graphics are done first and that GTA 6 would look no better than 
it looked in the leak when it comes time to launch developers united in a coalition to go to Twitter and show early builds of their games with laughable art, <laughs> odd characters. And what they were showing is what we build first is the foundation of the game. And then we build the support structure, which would be the gameplay, the core focus, graphics. If you want to continue with like the house analogy here graphics are the exterior cosmetics or even the interior cosmetics of when you're painting the walls maybe putting down a carpet graphics are always the last thing to polish and address in detail because the game in reality is the gameplay it is the focus it is the core of what you are experiencing graphics are just a means to experience what the game is and it was really funny to see how many developers came out there and were showing their preliminary game designs and you would see just blobs which would eventually i believe it was bioware came out and said shepherd in mass effect 3 didn't have a head (laughs) until like the final months of development (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's really awesome that, that this is happening, you know, that we're finally starting to get these like looks into what's going on with game development. It's it's a little sad that this is what it took for that to happen because I do think there are use cases where studios should and, and probably could, you know, show you like um, a development diary, I guess is the right way to say it, where mm-hmm. they're kind of walking you through how things are, how things are progressing, especially, um, these larger studios, because a lot of the times you won't hear anything for three years and all of a sudden they'll drop a, a trailer at an E3 or, um, or some type of event. Right. Um, so there's definitely uh, some really refreshing things that have come out of this. I do wonder though, um, if, if that would apply with all studios. And I think it probably doesn't, um, especially, you know, when you think about game development, a lot of the times, it's just like it's pretty much a mess until you know the the final kind of push where things kind of get polished and and start looking mm-hmm. good so i think a lot of the times these studios are probably being a little more careful a little cautious because it's easy for you know people on twitter um to really just shit all over a game and say this this looks bad you know and i think back to and uh i don't want i mean i i hate to, to go back to this but escape from monkey island is a great example when we saw um the negativity the backlash against ron gilbert because the game for whatever reason in people's minds wasn't a 2d hand-drawn pixel art game it was instead using a more modern 3d engine to render its graphics, people got really, really annoyed and were, you know, were saying all sorts of inappropriate things to which he said, I'm done communicating on Twitter and I don't blame him, right? Um, mm-hmm. Since then, the game has come out and and has received and reviewed exceptionally well. It's, I think it's an 89 on Metacritic and it's and people love the game. So I don't think it's a, it's something that every studio should do, um, but it definitely want it to be more of a uh, thing because on the flip side, I mean, 
what is the harm in showing a development diary of something that people are waiting to play? You know, um, I, I think there's definitely a lot of value there. Um, and one great example is Skate 4 right now. I mean, we're seeing kind of work in progress looks at that. I mean, it's probably pre-alpha stuff. I don't even know what you would call it, but I think it's for, for someone like Skate 4, which is, you know, something the fans have really wanted to, to, to see again, you know, people really are enjoying those looks at the game development. So, you know, I mm-hmm. think I definitely think there is there is room for it, and uh, I, I I welcome it personally. Yeah, like as you mentioned with Skate Four, EA has also been very transparent with the development progress of the Dead Space remake. Yes, they, I'd say anywhere in the area of maybe every quarter of the year they are coming out with developer diaries or they're doing short streams to show progress. And during some of the early streams, there were definitely individuals on social media who were saying, oh, well, this doesn't look that much better than Dead Space that I'm playing on my Xbox Series X. Mm -hmm. And, well, there's a reason for that. They haven't gotten to that point of enhancing the graphics and the textures and the character models yet. The focus at those times in those development diaries, as was mentioned numerous times in the diary itself, as well as the description, were the sound effects. Right. And fans actually gave feedback where they said, you know, the gun sound effects don't sound quite as impactful as the original release did. And EA and the developers for the game took that to heart. Mm -hmm. And they released a Twitter video doing a comparison of what they had shown to what they were now at. And fans reacted saying, yeah, you're making good progress we like what we're hearing. And that was a great time to show where developer interacted with its community was transparent with the progress the game was making and was able to get meaningful feedback to improve the product. Now, skate four and dead space may be exceptions to the rule. Obviously, as you like mentioned, bigger games, be it GTA six or let's say breath of the wild two, which Yes, it's called Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, I'm going to keep saying Breath of the Wild 2 for a while, Nate. You just, have yeah, to, just... you just have to bear with me until I change it over. <laughs> it might take till May of next year, but we'll <laughs> get there. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that's a type of title. Like, I, I'm not anticipating Nintendo to come out and be transparent and saying, here we have Link with this right. unique gameplay element. Because unlike Dead Space and even Skate 4, those two games aren't looking to redefine their genre. When we're looking to Tears of the Kingdom, Nintendo is likely implementing new gameplay concepts and ideas that's going to push the genre and the franchise forward. So they're keeping these close to their chest because they want them to wow the player when it comes that time. But when it comes to these remakes and remasters, don't be so secretive about them if you can use the community to aid you in development. Mm -hmm. So... Let's use even The Last of Us Part 1. They announced the game in June for a September release. Would it really have been that harmful for them to have announced this game a year prior, six months prior, or even done the Dead Space route of early development and gotten feedback from the community about maybe changes they wanted to see? Because one of the biggest things we saw with Last of Us Part 1 was that users were angry when they learned that the modern enhancements 
weren't going to be a one-to-one replica to what we got in The Last of Us Part Two. Right. Now, we talked about this before, where that was a failure of marketing yes. from Naughty Dog and Sony. Yes. They could have been crystal clear with that back in June. But let's say we're in a different timeline. They announced this game earlier. They could have gauged users of, do you want prone? Do you want Joel to be able to dodge? And maybe presented a side-by-side comparison, and maybe fans would have said, you're like, you know what? Adding dodge really breaks the combat that The Last of Us Part 1 is designed for. We don't like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that type of development diary and openness yeah. would have allowed for that dialogue to be had, and maybe the game wouldn't have had the response it did when it was revealed and unfortunately leaked in a similar fashion right. as GTA 6, right. where it was just toxicity, and it was toxic because of lack of context yeah now full disclosure i have been playing the last of us part one on playstation 5 and i think this remake is phenomenal i agree saying i I love the game you know i love the game and i I think the remake is fantastic so i mean i definitely think the industry can use more transparency and i think it's unfortunate as you were mentioning that gt6 gta6 in this case may have been an example to really illustrate that transparency could be in your favor in some of these cases. But I do have to applaud that Twitter user for uniting the entire <laughs> development front with their ignorance. So let's go back to Rockstar for a sec. So they made that um, that press release on Monday where they, mm-hmm. uh, like you said, they acknowledged the leak or the hack had occurred and they were pursuing the personal persons involved and they reassured fans that things were on track. Nothing was going to change. They got over a million likes on, on that single tweet. Now I don't know what the, the highest number of likes on the tweet is, but I would say if you're over a million likes on a single tweet, you're up there with probably one of the most liked tweets. Probably you're probably in like the top 50, I would say. Um, the question is, has this really hurt Rockstar in any meaningful way other than um, just developers, the developers that work there or the, the team that works there uh, feeling, you know, having their own thoughts and feelings about this? Because, again, I go back to how I would feel about this and I would be pretty devastated and I'm not, I'm definitely not trying to um, mm-hmm. you know, play that down. I think there are a lot of, there is a lot of human um, aspects with this. And a lot of people mm-hmm. feel differently about when their stuff gets leaked out. And I think it would be horrifying to some of the development team, especially maybe some of the um, ones that haven't been around the industry as long. So I definitely feel for everyone that's involved and my, you know, my hat's off to you. And, um, you know, I, uh, I definitely am sorry for what's happened, but I'm talking about Rockstar as, as a company, as, as the big, the big company. Do you think this has hurt them in any meaningful way? We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. 
Oh dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. No. I don't think it would hurt them in any meaningful way aside from as a major company I'd say their ego is bruised yes because they were able to be hacked in this manner and they had the assets stolen so their ego has definitely been injured by this and as you were mentioning with the human element I can envision as you were saying there's probably many individuals on the team who feel hurt yes maybe their morale or went even down when this leak occurred but then on the flip side i have to imagine that i'll use you as the example here that you know you're on the rockstar team you're hurting this happened but then you see that tweet yeah a million likes oh yeah you you see the fans stand in solidarity with you rally around you yep you have to feel pride in what you do in the product that you are currently developing to know the fans are standing with you they you have them by your side you have their support and they are ready for you to deliver a once in a generation experience yeah i guess guess that's what i'm getting at like i feel like mm -hmm. there's more hype and there's more energy around this game now than there there was previously i'm not saying i'm not saying we should leak things like we should you know we should we should let this happen but rockstar played this perfectly and uh mm-hmm. i think they've come out like you know sunday was a bad day for them monday was a bad day for them but like since monday um i think everyone's everyone that had a passing interest in what gta 6 would be now is like I really, really want GTA 6. I'm hyped for it. I want, I want this game now. So in many ways, it's, you know, they've, they've come out of this uh, a lot better than they came into it. Yeah, which it's hard to say that because, like, this isn't a black and white situation, so I hate to use, like, this is a very basic term to say they benefited from this because right. I don't mean it that plainly. Right, I know, I know, I know what you're saying. But you know what I'm trying to say here is that through this, they were able to see their community rally behind them, see how much hype the gaming community has for this new installment of GTA. And I might add, I might add, sorry, 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 mm -hmm. but I might add, this is the same company that has ongoing lawsuits right now with modders, people that mod and, you know, apply texture packs and do all sorts of, you know, tricks to, uh, to enhance gta 3 4 and 5 mm-hmm. um there are they have i mean there's active lawsuits going on with with some of the modding community there there's there's been situations where they've completely taken modding uh websites offline um people have also been uh sent to, to prison as well so this is a company that mm. has a reputation for being very litigious and not always mm-hmm. being a good company when you think about Rockstar. Last year we were, I think it was around this time, or maybe a little later, not not much, but we started talking about the GTA 3 trilogy and what an absolute mess that was. I mean, this company <laughs> is not, not someone that has always been liked 
as right. you know, as, as a company in the video game industry. And uh-huh. I think right now, a lot of people do like Rockstar. You know, I think they have a lot of popularity behind them at the moment. Well, would you say people like Rockstar or they they just dislike what happened to Rockstar? Mm. I mean, that's that is a good point. I think, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. They, they probably just dislike what happened to Rockstar, right? I mean, like, yeah, yeah. It, it's tough to say one way or the other because you're going to have individuals on both sides mm-hmm. of that coin. But it still feels as though like this leak happened and but people are looking to GTA 6 with excitement. Yeah. They, and I would imagine the development team at Rockstar, and it's, you know, obviously this is my opinion and speculation, but I could see them now being hyped about the release that they are crafting. Yeah. That they are motivated now to deliver a game of the year, game of the generation mm-hmm. quality game. Yeah. And again, like this isn't advocating for anyone to do these type of leaks, but it's that human element where you could picture, you know, like a football team. You're down in the fourth quarter. You got your QB got sacked and he broke his ribs. Mm-hmm. And you on that offensive line, the wide receivers and the defense are rallying on the sidelines saying, let's fucking go. Right. And you come out strong in that fourth quarter and you get three touchdowns and you win the game. Yeah. I imagine that's kind of that energy now at Rockstar of you did this to us. Yeah. Well, we're going to come back and we're going to hit you with the best game we can make. Yes. Yeah. No, I think, I think you're absolutely right. I, I mean, I think there is a non-prison amount of energy uh, around this game right now. And I think you're right. The development teams there are, uh, you know, re-energized and, and, mm-hmm. and looking to offer the best experience ever, the best Grand Theft Auto game. And look, again, I didn't see any of the videos, but I did see some things on Twitter. It's unavoidable, right? And, I'm more excited about this game now than I ever was. You know, like I'd heard about it in the past. Um, Bloomberg had reported on it earlier this year, talking about mm-hmm. Vice City and a female protagonist, which incidentally ended up being 100% correct, of course. And right now, I mean, I'm I'm just like, yeah, I want to I want to see this game come out. But you know, I also understand that it's going to be a couple of years before we see it. I would imagine. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately. This was a bad, a bad situation. Uh, no yes. one wants to get hacked. No one wants their stuff to get leaked out there. Um, but I do think that they did handle it well. And yeah, I mean, Nate. I mean, I think you mentioned it previously, but behind the scenes, whoever this person that actually did this. Um, I think it's only a matter of time before they catch up with them. I don't think this is mm-hmm. this is something that we're never going to hear from again. I think I think they're going to basically scour the earth until they find this individual. Yeah, this is something that they've seen to be tracking this group since this specific group also did a similar hack to Uber. That's what I heard as well. Um, and some of the info is unconfirmed, but I believe. Mm-hmm that to be the case. There was also reports that source code was stolen, including GTA 5 and the version of GTA 6, the alpha, the pre-alpha version as well. But I will also say I haven't really seen any confirmation that that is true, but there is definitely rumors that this person has 
that source code. Now that's that's something that you know Rockstar, uh, if true, would be very nervous about. Obviously, because if they have the the full GTA Five source code, that obviously includes GTA Online, which is something that's very popular and a money maker for the company. So. Um, if that is the case, then yes, they're, they're probably uh, very, very nervous right now. But um, either way, even if they, even if this individual does or doesn't have source code, um, the damage has already been done, and you know mm-hmm. they're going to catch up with this guy. I mean, if it takes six months, if it takes you know three years, I'm sure we'll we'll hear a follow up story where um, this person has been uh, is going to be brought to justice. You know, yeah, this is just uh, just a matter of time. Yeah. Because, as you mentioned, with the source code, there's been a lot of preliminary reports of the individual claiming that they will sell it, but whenever offered, they don't seem to. So this could just be a bluff on their part. Yeah, could be. And yeah, if they really do have it, with the FBI, the Department of Justice involved, yeah, they'll set up a sting operation if they have to mm-hmm. to trace this individual down. And like you said, it's a matter of time. This individual will likely be caught and brought to justice. As you were mentioning earlier as well, Take-Two and Rockstar are not shy from using the court system. Oh, that I miss around. I mean, uh, I mean, they take down YouTube channels. They take down um, DM, they DMCA uh, tweets that they don't like. I mean, they have a lot of power. Yes. I mean, way back in the day, I had a friend who ran a website and this is when GTA 5 launched on the 360. Mm-hmm. In fact, it may have even been GTA 4. Okay. Memory is a little hazy. That's how far back we're going. And they were given, someone had sent them footage early and they posted it on the website. And they got an email from Take Two Rockstar legal team. And they said, you either take the video down now or we're going to sue you mm-hmm. and we're going to issue a fine of half a million dollars. Wow. And <laughs> this individual's website made all of about a thousand dollars a year. <laughs> so they took down the video very quickly. <laughs> so they're like, I can't afford that. But that's how serious Rockstar is when it comes to these types of situations of you show our assets. Yeah. We're coming for you. Yeah. I mean, very litigious and look, I've <laughs> I've had my issues with this company before. Like I think the way that they go after modding groups is absurd, you know, and Mm -hmm. the way that they're actively taking, you know, individuals to court and look, you know, you, this potentially could destroy someone's life. And for what you're, you're modding a game, you're you're applying an upgraded texture pack to Grand Theft Auto four, I mean, or GTA Five. I mean, where is where are you losing money? Where are the damages here? So, um, I mean, that's a separate conversation. I don't want to get into it, but it's it's you know, <laughs> it, this company is very complicated because, mm-hmm. on one hand, they are this big bad entity that that will um, you know if they don't like what you're doing, they will take down the work that you're doing and potentially sue you and take you to court. Um, but on the flip side, you know. No one deserves this. No, no company out there deserves their stuff to get hacked and leaked mm-hmm. in, in this fashion. You know, criminal, criminal behavior where um, assets have been stolen uh, and 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 published on the internet. I, I, 
I don't wish that on anybody, you know. And um, I think that's the key thing for me here in this in this in this particular situation. And unfortunately, we're also seeing a very similar situation where, though it hasn't been confirmed that the individuals are hacking or stealing assets, there's definitely a security issue at Sony, Mm -hmm. as we saw earlier in this year when The Last of Us Part 1 leaked. And there's a lot of background chatter right now that the same individuals are preparing to leak some God of War Ragnarok footage. Wow. And... The talk around is actually that these individuals are doing it for a very vindictive reason, and it's because Sony's charging $70 for games. That's that, it. I mean, if that is to be true, Nate, that is absurd. Absolutely absurd. <laughs> That's some of the background chatter I've heard is the reason that these individuals are doing what they're doing with these games. And we can look at The Last of Us Part 1. The leaks omitted context it portrayed the game in a bad light Mm -hmm. they look at some of those clips when they came out hdr settings were messed up they weren't even captured at proper resolution or proper brightness and contrast they made sure to make the game look as bad as it could to make headlines about the release being trash yeah and if we do see additional leaks from these individuals potentially including God of War Ragnarok, where it is portrayed in a negative light. That's, I mean, these are video games. You don't need to launch a smear campaign because you disagree with the price of the game. Don't buy the game. Voice your opinion. But don't, like, I don't know how these individuals are gaining these assets. I don't know how they, if there's just a security issue for sony servers where they're gaining access to preliminary assets i mean it's a good question because even the last of us part two remember was when it was yes. leaked early mm-hmm. the whole game was kind of spoiled mm-hmm. before it even released i mean weeks before it released if i remember correctly yes. so there clearly is an issue with with security somewhere mm-hmm. and i mean we're speculating in that realm yes but yeah there's definitely some issue at play and i mean earlier this year a sony hard drive was discovered mm-hmm. and this it there is the potential that the individuals have finally just gained access to the hard drive and they are taking whatever assets and information were from it and it happens to have yeah part one of the last of us and some god of war ragnarok because when you looked at the last of us part one a lot of that was older footage it wasn't representative of the final build and even some of the god of war ragnarok stuff that has leaked in recent months is out of date it's not indicative of what we're going to be seeing in november so if leaks do occur between this episode going live and god of war ragnarok launching keep that in mind that it's very likely older assets Mm -hmm. and being portrayed the way it is to damage the game and create a marketing cycle of negativity around the release. Yeah. I mean, that'll be definitely interesting to see um, if anything comes out of that and Sony, you know, if, if they, if they end up in the same situation as rockstar, just take a look at what rockstar did and Mm -hmm. you'll come out of this a lot better. You know, I think is, 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 is the big thing here. But one thing that I wanted to ask you, 
at the start, you said you didn't think this was the biggest leak in the history of video games. A lot of people do. What would you say is the biggest video game leak? I have my own thoughts about this, but what would you um, say is the biggest one? How are we quantifying this? Well, see, that's the thing, right? I mean, if we're talking about dollar amounts, it probably is. You know, if, if source code to GTA 5 and 6 was indeed leaked, then we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars potentially. Okay. Um, but I'm talking about magnitude. So like industry impact? Industry impact, yeah. Okay. I think that's a good one. I would say the NVIDIA GeForce leak is probably the biggest leak to hit the industry because people continue to reference it now well over a year after it occurred and they're check they're just making check marks on the games that are revealed and saying it was there. Yep. And yeah, a lot of these games could have been still early in development where this list could be continuing to get check marks five, six years from now. And I would say the full impact of the GeForce leak may not be known until the end of this decade. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, I think the NVIDIA leak is the largest one that I would say and I would also add GigaLeak in there as well. Now, GigaLeak was a bit of a novelty because it was older stuff, but mm -hmm. the magnitude of that leak was massive. Like there was so much stuff that got leaked. That entire brought on server was basically dumped and released onto the internet. And there was so much stuff there um, spanning 20 years of Nintendo game development. And I think... Even to this day, people are still uncovering different things that are in that in that mm -hmm. archive. It's 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 pretty big. Um, is it an in industry impact? No, not really, because I mean stuff that's happened a long time ago. But um, I think I think those two examples for me would be uh, bigger than the the uh, GTA mm -hmm. Six leak, which is big. I mean GTA Six does remind me of Half Life Two, the the leak that happened with Half Life Two many many years ago. Um, mm -hmm. you know, a, a, a much anticipated game that uh, a lot of people were waiting for. Th this is how I kind of put the GTA 6 leak in as well. I think very, very similar circumstances and similar magnitude. I guess the only difference is at the time, Half-Life 2, when, when that got leaked, there was no Twitter. Um, there was no real social media presence there. So um, I would say that if Half-Life let's say Half-Life 3 was announced and halfway through its development, it got leaked. Um, it would be <laughs> as big as GTA 6 would be, maybe bigger. Yeah. I mean, and to the point with the Giga leak, it may not be big in terms of industry impact, but some of the impact from that leak has actually helped advance the emulation scene. Yes, it has. It And on the flip side... I think it's also may that it also gave Nintendo some pause about working with um, third parties as well um, on, on their security side, because this is something that Nintendo never really commented on, right? They didn't say anything mm -hmm. about it when it went down. They didn't, they didn't acknowledge it. They didn't say that they were, you know, going after the individuals. They didn't say anything on it, but I'm sure Nate that behind closed doors, there were, meetings and discussions going on about, you know, 
what do we need to do to ensure that this doesn't happen again? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we know how Nintendo is with their with their secrets and yeah. security. So when that happened, you know, they all they were definitely sitting there mm-hmm. having conversations of this happens again. Yeah. We are not going to be a happy Nintendo. <laughs> and speaking of Nintendo. <laughs> yes, yeah, a perfect segue <laughs> into speaking of Nintendo and potentially a related leak, I guess, is how we would frame it. And we're going to view this as though it were in a vacuum. NVIDIA had a, I don't know if you want to call this a leak per se, because, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I believe this is public information, if you know where to look. And it's that a Linux kernel update became available to the public eye that makes mention of the T239 chip. And if that doesn't mean anything to you, that's okay. The T239 is the expected code name or the chip in that will be used by Nintendo for their next iteration of hardware, be it a Switch Pro, Switch 2, or next-gen Nintendo platform. Now, this specific chip has been referenced a couple of times over the last year or so. It was referenced in the NVN2 leak. But as I said, we're going to view this specific instance in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. So this Linux kernel log comes out, and it's really just about, it's a communication platform specifically for Linux development. And it mentioned the T239. And it mentions some technical specs, basically that it's an eight CPU core in one cluster. Now, beyond that, it really doesn't give any additional information as to what is being discussed here. So when you look at it in a vacuum, all you can really dissect from it is the eight CPU core in one cluster and that it would be a seven eights. Now, when you then use this in tandem with the NVN2 leak and public speculation that T239 codename Drake is the chip Nintendo has from NVIDIA for the next system, people have been speculating as to what does this information mean? Now, I've had conversations with individuals of, is there any direct link to the switch mentioned in this specific file? And the answer to that is no. And is there any indication that this means production of the chip is imminent? No. No. There is no inclination that that is truth. Now, you could use this information to assume that it is far along in the process, but you can't assume that it is or will be in production in the near future. Right. Now, I mean, I'm certainly an individual who would love to be able to say, this is the smoking gun. This is what we've been waiting for. And 
I am not going to say that. I am not even going to imply that because when I look at this information, it really does not mean anything to me. No, it, it's it's nothing. It, it's meaningless. I mean, all all we know is they added T two three nine support to their Linux kernel, but that doesn't imply anything to do with the Nintendo Switch. Yes, we know mm-hmm. that T239 was in the NVN leak, and we are assuming that NVN2 will be what powers the next model of Switch hardware, whether that is a revision or new hardware or both. But mm-hmm. if, like you said, if we take a look at this Linux email, uh, this automated email, and you're right, I don't know if it was a leak or if it was just available on some public server somewhere. Um but I will say that these emails, if you work in development, aren't uncommon. When you uh, make code changes and you commit those code changes to a repository that other people have access to, there's generally an email blast to let everyone know what change was just committed so people are aware that they need to pull down the latest version of code to take those, you know, for those changes to be applied to whatever they're working on. But be that as it may, and and that aside, this doesn't really tell us anything, Nate. All we know is that they have T239 running on their Linux kernel. But like you said, does that tell us how far along things are? No, we don't know. They could be like they they could just be start testing this now. You know, this this kernel uh, running on Linux, and they may spend the next year, you know, ironing out bugs. Um, it could be for a completely different use case that that we're not privy to, that we're uh, assuming is Nintendo-related, but it could be some other NDA project that we just have no insight into. I think I think you're absolutely right. In a vacuum, it, it just doesn't give us enough information. There's 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 no smoking gun here. Now, if there was um, a Nintendo email address on that email chain, then I would say yes, there is that link, right? That that you know. Um, something is definitely happening here, but unfortunately, that's not the case. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's just an internal email with Nvidia employees, and um, you know that's really that's really all I can say on this. You know, um, there are a lot of people that are, are saying, you know, something's happening, something's happening, it's imminent, it's happening. Obviously, there are things going on in the background that could that could be true, um, or it may not be true. I guess. The takeaway for me is, like you said, we don't really know anything more now than we did, you know, a few months ago or a year ago. It, we know that there is smoke, but we don't really know when the fire will start to burn. And I think that's the mm-hmm. key thing here. Yeah, the only thing you can really take from this is the mention of the eight core on a single cluster for yeah. the CPU. And yes, that's a new spec, but without clocks you really can't right walk away with anything meaningful from this and that's how i'm walking away from this i'm walking away from it as a curiosity Mm -hmm. if you would like to use that information to speculate about what it could mean by all means do so but i wouldn't become too overly invested in this information just yet speculate and have fun though yep i agree i mean look there is there is a likelihood that Everything that we're seeing here is going to, you know, um, get announced at some point. But mm-hmm. there's just not enough here. There's not enough meat here for me to to really 
conclude that there's any new information like other than you know the number of um number of cores on on this on this processor and aside from that we don't really know anything more than we did you know previously mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely an interesting development just in terms of i guess if you really like to talk about cpus and video and stuff like that but like beyond that, you're going to see a lot of clickbait headlines yeah. implying that this means something is imminent, but there is no clear evidence of anything being imminent in this file or this log. Mm. So keep that in mind as you're having these discussions. Honestly, I, I thought it was hilarious that people were picking this up. Like, I didn't think it was anything. Like This is the definition of a nothing burger for me, where it's interesting and you can try to connect dots if you want to. And like you said, mm-hmm. it's fine to speculate. You can, I'm not here to tell you how you should, you should, you know, um, react to things or, or mm-hmm. what opinions you should form. I'm definitely not about that. But for me, when I saw it, I was like, this is much to do about nothing. And I knew that outlets would start picking up, picking up on this stuff because, you know, any, any switch, Pro, and I'm using um, air quotes when I say that, any <laughs> new information is something that most of these outlets will pick up on, um, even if it's the smallest thing. And I just, I personally didn't think it was anything. But, you know, other outlets, obviously, they decided that they would make a story out of it. And look, I'm not, I'm not here to knock your hustle, but I didn't really think it was really worth talking about, honestly. Yeah, I had conversations with you know, several people to get their opinion, their takes on it. And generally the consensus was if you view it as it is, there is really nothing here outside of, as we mentioned, the specific CPU spec, but otherwise, yeah, speculate, have fun with it, explore those possibilities in your mind if you would like to, but don't use this as a foundation of what will be. This is a, potential foundation of what may be mm-hmm. so you're kind of just looking at you're shopping around for new decks and you're flipping through the pages you haven't actually settled on anything though it's that yeah. type of I concept mean, you know we i mean i don't want to talk about the switch pro very much but you know <laughs> i feel like something's going to happen next year with hardware and maybe that will coincide with the next zelda game Tears of the Kingdom. But Nintendo has been very unpredictable in recent times. Mm-hmm. So who knows, you know, when we'll hear something uh, about this stuff. Yeah, like on my end, the information I reported in October of 2021 is really still the only information that I have right now. If I have an update to give, we will make a video at that time. But as we concluded in October of 2021, remember that what was the plan a year ago may not be the plan today. Right. That was a year ago was before component and supply cost was skyrocketing before the chip shortage was really hitting the industry hard. So Nintendo could have evaluated those situations now and decided to pivot and cancel the hardware, maybe repurpose the hardware into an actual successor, any number of possibilities. And that's something to keep in mind and entertain as 
possibilities. And again, that isn't, this isn't inside information. This is me giving opinion yeah. based on the realities that are hitting the industry in the moment and exploring possibilities that Nintendo could potentially be considering. Yeah. Well said. Now we can go into some of the Streamlab questions for this week. There aren't too many, but usually there's always a gem or two in terms of a question. <laughs> and our first question comes from Jackie G, who donated $1. And their question is, remember Amazon Luna? No. Yep. You poor bastard. <laughs> I think Night Dive did <laughs> one Luna game. But yeah, Amazon Luna. No one remembers it. Nope, not even Amazon. I mean, Stadia will go down in history, but Luna, I'm not sure about. No, Luna's going to set like the moon and just not come back. Uh, then we had a $1.69 donation from Mr. Stud Muffin, and they write... Great show, as always. Was a welcome surprise to see the Nate the Hate reaction episode so quickly. I was surprised by some of the disappointment people had for the Nintendo Direct. But then again, I love JRPGs. Bring on Octopath Traveler 2. So, Nate, I was I was gone, um, obviously, when the Direct was on. I did watch it after the fact. But mm-hmm. I, I liked the Direct. I thought the Direct was good. I mean, I know there was a lot of farming games in there and that was kind of the, <laughs> the, the big meme, but I thought, yeah. you know, Nintendo Directs have something for everyone and I kind of walked away feeling pretty good mm-hmm. about it. What was, uh, in, in 100 words or less, what was your score? You know, what would, what would you rate this Direct as? Because I never really got, got your, um, your take on that. I mean, I would have given it a... Um... For my personal taste, I would have given it like in the area of like a 7.5 to an 8. But I like a lot of Japanese-made games, Mm -hmm. and this Direct was really Japanese-focused. Yes. So when I see games like Octopath Traveler 2, that resonates with me. And I could see where a lot of individuals have been like, ugh. But yeah, for me, I walked away from that Direct feeling satisfied with the offerings. And again, like as we talked about in the show... When John Linneman was on, if you don't like Japanese games, I can see why you wouldn't have been a big fan of that direct. But its focus was Japan. It was the week of TGS. Mm-hmm. That was the intended market. And, you know, I think it spoke to the market that it was really looking to appeal to quite strongly. Not every direct is going to be Western focused or full of games that appeal to western tastes and that's okay yeah what about uh i guess last question tears of the kingdom was it a surprise that uh, the release date was maybe i thought it was going to be in this fiscal but was it really a surprise that it wasn't for you no, I wasn't surprised by that. I mean, as they had said, when they delayed it back in February, they were targeting spring 2023. I always view spring mm-hmm. as that April to June window. Right. So it coming in at May fit that expectation. Um, 
maybe surprised it's in May and not June. Yeah. Kind of get, you know, that June direct or E3 extravaganza right before release. I would have maybe had anticipated if it were, you know, like me in marketing. But no, it landed right around the time I wasn't, I was expecting based on the information they had put out there. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I just, I don't know, maybe I'd, I just felt like maybe it was going to come a little earlier, but, um, you know, we've waited such a long time for it. Nintendo, take as long as you need. I think the game is going to be great when it comes mm-hmm. out next year. I'm looking forward but to it. But did you notice what game we are getting this fiscal year? Which is? We're Fire Emblem Engage. True. game true. I talked about yes. way back in January yep. and was called A Liar About. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Then had a follow-up $1.69 donation from Mr. Stud Muffin. And they write, Project Eve, now known as Stellar Blade, has been a game I've had my eye closely on since last year's PlayStation Showcase. I was super happy we got to see it again at the most recent state of play. Love the character and world design. Strong Bayo near vibe. Looks good. Yeah, I mean, I think um, it's a game that I'm going to want to play when it comes out. And you're right. I think it does have a strong Bayonetta slash Nier vibe. Is that due to the gameplay or because of the heavy focus on her ass? Um, Probably both, actually, to be honest, Nate. <laughs> probably both. Uh, but, yeah, it mm. looks looks good. I, I want to I wanna try it out. Then had a follow-up $1.69 donation from Mr. Stud Muffin. They write, Lastly, I'm rooting for you, Nate, for Silent Hill. Yeah. Join join my team. Join my team, Mr. Stud Muffin. No, don't go to the losing side. Go to the winning team. <laughs> join Come on, Konami. See, I, I made I could, I could I could put you on the spot, Nate, and ask you what happened mm. with Silent Hill. But you know, I'm not gonna do that. Hey, Konami Konami has so many wins right now. That's true. August. That's true. August comes with Kawabunga Bundle. Sweet September hits. Sweet it in. That was a pretty sweet announcement. Yeah. I mean, I talked about on the Spawncast last week a conversation no one was ready to have, which was proven by the panel, where I said, It's time. It's time to admit Konami is back. Yeah. They are releasing some quality console games, and I think it's time for people to say, Hey, the Konami I remember you used to be. You're you're coming back into your own. And when they announced Silent Hill and then they announced or when they announced Metal Gear Solid 3 remake, I think people are gonna have to acknowledge Konami's I don't know if coming. they're I don't know if they're back yet. They're close. Like they're they're, they're in the garage restoring the 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 fifty seven yeah. Chevy, you know. <laughs> Like they're making slow progress and becoming the they've, company we remember they once were. They've got they've got seven cylinders working. They just need to get that <laughs> that eighth, and uh, you know yeah. they, they should be ready. I mean, they're, they're close. I, I I mean I think they're they've, close. They've worked a lot harder this year than they have for a long mm-hmm. long time. And you're right. There's definitely a lot of momentum with Konami right now, uh, with with the turtles stuff, the Cowbunga collection. Um, mm-hmm. With Suikoden, there is a yeah. lot of stuff going on at Konami. Got to start paying attention to them a little more. They're not the company where everyone was laughing at them, yeah. saying, "Oh, it's going to be another pachinko game." Yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's definitely been a push 
I don't want to say away from the pachinko business, but I feel like they've started to scale up their um, mm-hmm. game development or the, the, the video game side again, where, yes. you know, four or five years ago, they were probably at their lowest point where they didn't really care about um, that stuff as much. But now, yeah, I mean, they, they've had some wins in recent times and mm-hmm. they are seeing the money that can be made. And honestly, they're seeing the money that, uh, you know, a company like Capcom probably their their yes. biggest rival, you know, mm-hmm. in history, right? Like they, they've always been, you know, big rivals, right? Um, they're seeing what they're doing with the Resident Evil series and the Monster Hunter series. And they're like, well, we, we can get, we can do this. You know, we have Castlevania yeah. and Silent Hill and, um, and Contra and, you know, PT. We have yeah. all this stuff that we can, we can look at. So, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think what you say is, is true. Um, there has been a resurgence of Konami in recent times. And yes, I would expect that to continue and go into next year, um, you know, even stronger. Um, we haven't even talked about mm-hmm. Metal Gear Solid yet, but I mean, I think anything that they've done that has been popular for them um, is probably back on the table, mm-hmm. except for Silent Hill. <laughs> <laughs> the fog is coming in <laughs> soon. <laughs> Then had a $5 donation from Anonymous. Right, hello, gentlemen. One concern I have for the Tears of the Kingdom is the overworld does not appear too different from Breath of the Wild, despite being in development for six years. Do you think the developers know this and are merely withholding info, or should we expect little changes? I don't think we've seen enough of the Tears of the Kingdom overworld really to make a judgment just yet. Um, yeah, I agree. We know we're going to go to the sky. So I would imagine the developers know what they need to show in terms of overworld and the changes and the evolution that the title is going to offer over its prequel. And they're just waiting for the marketing moment to build that momentum. It is odd that we've seen this game now three times and we have seen essentially the same clip of Link running and jumping in the sky, but we have seen little else in terms of environment diversity. Uh, but the game is, what are we looking at now? About eight months from launch, mm-hmm. a little less. So I would expect we're going to see a considerable market ramp up early next year. Maybe maybe like in February or March would get some sort of story trailer where it could easily be a four-minute trailer showing more of the overworld like we got with Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. So right now, I wouldn't say I have any concern. Yeah, I, same. I, I wouldn't either. Um, if they, they need to give us dungeons. Like that's all I really yes. want in this one. If they gave mm-hmm. us dungeons, it could be the perfect game because I think for me, Breath of the Wild was a masterpiece i loved it it's one of my favorite games of all time but if they added dungeons in breath of the wild i mean i don't think there's anything that you could do to you know to kind of replicate that that greatness that it had and i think there is an opportunity for this game tears of the kingdom to build on the first game and be even greater than the first game in terms of Mm -hmm. what it can do will it um sell as well will it be successful will it be um, a good sequel, probably. Um, but, you know, I, I want to see them, you know, take this next game a little further than they did previously. But you're right. I wouldn't worry too much about what you, what they've shown us at this point. 
Um, when the marketing engine does ramp up next year, we will see a lot more of this game, and I'm sure we'll get to see more of the different um, parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely a game I am interested in learning more about. <laughs> then had a five dollar donation from Hero of Time. Rich, just wanted to say that you're totally justified with the way you discuss confirmations versus predictions and that you shouldn't need to clarify any more than you already have. Thank you for the accurate reporting and keep up the great work. Thank you. I agree, mate. Um, I wasn't wasn't around when there was, you know, some backlash on Twitter and stuff because there always is, right? Like I was subject to it. When we were talking about Banjo, you know, like months ago at, at the Xbox uh-huh. show, I got a lot of hate directed at me when Banjo wasn't announced. Um, you know, and that's just one of those unfortunate things where a lot of people take your words and they interpret them in a certain way. But I will also say there is some media outlets that take your words and write articles about them in a certain way. And, you know, we have to remind people and maybe we just need I don't know, Nate, we need to do a better job maybe of just saying before we talk about any of this stuff, we have to just preface this by saying this is a predictions episode. And and I think you probably do that already. We, we um, did that. But, you know, we just have to keep keep just banging that in people's heads. This is a prediction show. We don't know what's going to happen. We have some idea uh, of things, but, you know, we're not, we're not you know, we're not Nostradamus yeah. over here predicting everything. I mean, and... I think that's kind of the issue even with like going back to like your banjo example is we can have knowledge of a project existing, but the prediction is the timing in which we will see it. So like with banjo, we didn't know Microsoft was only going to focus on 12 months. No one did. No, had we <laughs> like, had we known that going into the, the predictions recording, yeah. We would not have mentioned Banjo. Yes. We went into it expecting Microsoft's typical, here's the whole generation. Mm. We're going to give you a Banjo tease because this is a game in development. And we thought it would have been a fun little teaser for them to announce this new project. But otherwise, that would never have been said because we know it's not coming out in the next 12 months. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. It's one of those unfortunate things that happens. But look, you know, it also... Make it tells me that you know I need to be kept more careful about what I say on a podcast. But you know, at the end of the day, we're just spitballing. We're predicting stuff. Um, mm. You know, I mean, we we may get a couple of things right, and we may get a couple of things wrong. But like at the end of the day, we're we're here just to uh, really have fun and just kind of talk about this stuff. I mean, that's it's not really anything yeah. more than that. I mean, that's the thing with when Grub and I did the predictions episode, I did the best to my ability to make a clear line where we opened it with what we know, where I said Mario Rabbit's 2 Spark of Hope would be at the direct. Jeff said that It Takes Two would be at the direct. And then everything following that, we I said this now is the prediction speculation part of the discussion. Unfortunately, there was bleed over into that discussion where people were taking the predictions and speculation as things that we said would be at the direct. And I thought the line was clear. I will, when there's a prediction episode again, which would probably be what? The Game Awards? Yeah, I'd say so. We'll make that line, I guess, even more crystal clear. 
which we'll probably have a guest on that episode because we still have to fulfill MVG's losing <laughs> bet. <laughs> we haven't forgotten your skittittles. We'll, we'll that. Couple months. <laughs> I mean, predicting the game awards is going to be. I don't even know where to go with that. I mean, just look at previous years and then just, you know. Microsoft will show something. Nintendo will run an ad and Sony will say, fuck you. We'll probably see a Fable trailer and then, I don't know, um, Vin Diesel will come out and then um, then the Rock will pitch a pizza. Imagine Dragons will play a song and then Reggie Reggie will come out and, and, and give some reward. You know, he'll award himself for best author of the year. Yep. And um, Jeff Keighley will waste four hours of our time. That sounds about right to me. <laughs> that is brutal. Holy crap. It's probably what the best did we just... episode ever. <laughs> but we gave it three months early. <laughs> <laughs> this will be a YouTube short in December. <laughs> crop this out. <laughs> and the final. <laughs> Streamlabs question for this week comes from Retro Tux, who donated three dollars and sixteen cents, Steve Austin style. They write Final Fantasy VII Remake was supposed to be a timed exclusive for PlayStation. We still have no information of if and when it will come to Xbox. Do you have any information on the matter? And why is the Crisis Core remaster coming to Xbox if the remake trilogy is not? So as far as I know, there is no plan to bring Final Fantasy VII Remake to Xbox. It could be done. There is nothing preventing it. It's just not in the plans at Square Enix in the moment to make that a reality. Now, that can easily change over time. It could be a case of their focus right now is to get the trilogy done on PlayStation. And then once the trilogy itself is complete they could bring the trilogy to Xbox, but part one is not currently in planning for the Xbox ecosystem. I heard uh, Insider Randall 419 say it was coming to Game Pass. Was that not what I heard a couple of months ago? I, I think you heard that back in June. I yeah, think that's something, like that. think something like that. Mm. Yeah. Let us know, Rand. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get Rand in trouble with that. Rand said it wasn't happening. He gave it as a prediction. <laughs> um, as for why Crisis Core Remaster is coming to Xbox and not Final Fantasy Remake Part 1 or that trilogy, I would imagine it is likely more related to that Final Fantasy Seven, the original release, yeah, is available on Xbox, and Crisis Core is technically a prequel to the original storyline. So while there are going to be characters referenced in Remake Part 2 that have a prominent role in Crisis Core, there's really no reason to omit that release from the Xbox, simply due to the fact that Part 1 and Part 2 of the Remake line aren't on the system. You could get the whole Final Fantasy experience as far as the original storyline is concerned on Xbox at this point or come December. It is definitely an outside curiosity. I would say the bigger curiosity is that Octopath Traveler 2 isn't coming to Xbox and 
Octopath Traveler 2 is going to PlayStation, which never got Octopath Traveler 1. Yeah. So that was kind of an oddity. But yeah, there's really, there is no specific reason as to why Remake Part 1 is not on or is not coming to Xbox in the current time. It can change. I hope it does change because I think the game would be well received on the platform. And it's always great for a new audience to be able to play a fantastic game, despite the odd ending. And yeah, it's not a case of Sony preventing it or anything like that. It may simply be due to resources at Square to port the game over. Yeah. Yeah. People don't realize, I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely time that needs for that to happen. And mm-hmm. it's it's a significant undertaking. I mean, yeah, I mean, just because it's running on PlayStation doesn't mean it can run on Xbox. You know, it's not a copy-paste job. It, it definitely needs resources. It needs porting. Um, it needs a team to understand the Xbox hardware as well. Um, and I'm not suggesting that they don't have that experience, but, you know, it, it's there's work that needs to be done there. There's money that needs to be spent to make that happen. That's really all all there is to say there. And, you know, Microsoft is still making great strides and effort to appeal to the Japanese market better and to appeal to Japanese developers and publishers. And you can look at this past week where the Xbox Series S sold upwards of 13,000 units in Japan. And we're seeing Atlas and other Japanese companies make deals with Microsoft to get games on Game Pass or even exclusive content like we have seen Microsoft reach out to Hideo Kojima to make an Xbox exclusive. So effort is being made. Maybe one day the Final Fantasy VII Remake trilogy will arrive on Xbox, but nothing for the immediate future. And that is the final Streamlabs question of the week. If you'd like to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link in the description below. Donate any dollar amount, ask a question, we will answer it at the end of the episode. Donate $100 or more, and we will dedicate the episode to you. And I'd like to thank MVG for joining me this week and returning to the podcast. Always a pleasure, Nate. Thanks for having me on. And you can find MVG's channel linked in the description below. And if you enjoyed the episode, give the video a like. If you didn't, give it a dislike. Let us know your thoughts on the Grand Theft Auto 6 leak and the NVIDIA kernel Linux leak and whether or not you think T239 is in fact related to Nintendo. And if you think there's anything that you can ascertain from the Linux file log in the comment section below. And until next time, continue to embrace the hate.